Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Because, by the way, we are talking about sex today as mm-hmm. a father and a son. Mm-hmm. And you know all the references I'm making it is me having sex with you. No, mother. you're talking about clients. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've compartmentalized this, Jimbo. <laughs> Good. I'm all not right. at all thinking about yeah. y'all. So that's not all sweat on your forehead. No. Okay. No. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. So, Joshua Michael. Yes, sir. What is the number one argument that married couples have? Laundry. Wow. How long have you gone to school? <laughs> because. I'm just saying. Didn't Katie, see that coming. my wife and I, uh, we actually do separate laundry so they won't have to fight about it. So I just thought that might be high. What is there even to fight about? <laughs> oh, is- if someone loses my socks... Man, oh man. And I have shirts that specifically hang t-shirts. Oh heavens. I have shirts that actually are folded and put away a certain place and a certain way. Bless Katie's heart. Yeah, agreed. Okay, well, it's not laundry. Okay. Let me just kill everyone's suspense. (laughs) Um, The number one thing that all married couples fight about most, oddly enough, is not laundry. It's Money. money. Money, 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 money. The number two thing is sex. Um, now, the number one sexual argument among couples is mismatched libido. Uh, one partner wanting to engage in sexual intercourse more often than the other partner does. I would assume that is a common occurrence. Oh, heavens. I mean, it never happens for um, Katie and myself. <laughs> what? For it to be mismatched? <laughs> yeah, I mean... One of the parts of an intake, you know, that we we ask when when I'm dealing with married couples here at the office is um, I ask them, you know, so if you're going to rate your your sexual uh, intimacy on a scale of one to five, five really bad, one really good. And then no matter what it is, they so what is your frequency? And inevitably, the couples will cut eyes at each other. Um. And most of the time, they're acknowledging that this is an issue. And I have learned, if you want to know the accurate number, go with the guy. Because the guy is keeping, I cannot tell you how many guys have said no. Because they'll, they'll get in an argument, he'll say, I don't know, maybe twice a month. And she'll go, oh, it's got to be at least once a week or three times a week. And he will take his phone out <laughs> because he, he has kept a record of it on his phone. So calendared it. Yes. So if this argument ever did come up, uh, he would have the facts in front of him. So it's a it's extraordinarily it's an extraordinarily common issue with married couples. And so difficult because it's it's extremely personal. Mm-hmm. It's not just laundry. a problem. Yeah. yeah. It's more than laundry. Yeah. I mean, if we could just have sex by ourselves, like you, you do with your laundry. <laughs> Wait a minute. That came out wrong. That came out wrong. <laughs> so it's a common problem is what I'm trying to get to. It is. Um, so 
we have to say, well, why is this such a ubiquitous issue? Uh, and it has to do primarily, there's a ton of reasons, but primarily it's hormonal. I mean, just from the get-go, men and women are different, specifically in this area. Uh, because guys have, I don't know what the exact amount is, but it's something like 10 to 12 gallons of testosterone, <laughs> uh, you know, just pouring through their system 24-7. And women do not have a fraction. And we know that testosterone is the sex hormone. That's what it is. And women just don't, they have a fraction of that. And yeah, so their their estrogen and their sexual desire really only peaks once a month when it's time to make a baby. Correct. When it's um, time. So, yeah, it, it, it's terribly mismatched just biologically speaking. Yeah. I mean, we're not even at the same starting point. So for guys specifically, even though we know a lack of libido is not simply a female issue, it's becoming more and more. And we'll talk about some of that later, but it's becoming more of a male issue as well. Um, but just standardly speaking we don't start at the same spot. Therefore, you're going to have differences. It doesn't show up right in the beginning because of just all the, the dopamine flowing during, you know, you, you know the, the early parts of marriage, you're still on the honeymoon thing and all that good stuff. And, uh, but pretty soon, it begins to wane. Uh, and if you have, uh, then begin to have small children and, uh, and then those smaller children then start having soccer practices. And then your your lies become just this mind-numbing. Uh, a, a woman's hormones, uh, or the, excuse me, her libido is simply because a guy's testosterone can overcome a hectic schedule most of the time. Uh, not so much with a female. And so you're going to have a problem right off the bat because of just biology. And then there is an enormous list of physiological reasons uh, why someone uh, would lack libido. Uh, anywhere from just the, the ever-present fatigue. Um, you know, if you think about it, got, you know, if a guy was to run a half marathon and then say, hey, would you like to have sex? He would probably go, whew, maybe not now. Well, that's kind of how a lot of these women feel that are working part-time outside the home and they've got m a majority of the household and they got a majority of the, of the children's responsibilities. And so it's, it's just asking a lot where, and guys tend not to understand that. Well, not only, um, all the different responsibilities, but with their spaghetti brain, it's amazing with how much they can actually keep in their brain at one time. Mm-hmm. So, yes, not only their hectic schedule, but just all the content that's flowing through their brain at mm -hmm. once um, can be quite the distraction, I can imagine. Yes. And you could have, and a guy, you know, since we have waffle brains and we can compartmentalize. It's so fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could just complete open heart surgery and say, hey, honey, you got five minutes. <laughs> we can compartmentalize. And whereas, you know, ladies can't. A change of contraception can kill libido, um, of course, a lack of sleep if your partner snores. Smartphone use is something that we're seeing more and more. Um, instead of having a, a morning quickie, people are waking up, rolling over, and instead of grabbing each other, they're grabbing their smartphones and they're checking their emails and their Twitter. Um, is, alcohol. Is morning quickie a thing? Well, you're here, aren't you? 
<laughs> so I'm just, okay. I'm just throwing that out. And, and yeah, okay. Because by the way, we are talking about sex today as mm-hmm. a father and a son, mm-hmm. and you know all the references I'm making. It is me having sex with. No, your you're talking about clients. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've compartmentalized this, Jimbo. Good. I'm all not right. at all thinking about yeah. y'all. So that's not all sweat on your forehead. No. Okay. No. So yes, alcohol use can certainly do it. Even though we think alcohol really, you know, drops the old inhibitions, not so much. It's a it's a libido killer, uh, and and that's a lot for women. But then you bring up something that is really we're now really beginning to see it hammer on guys. Yeah, I see a lot of guys that because the the marital age is is be, m- moving further and further back. I think the latest thing I said for guys it's 29, for girls it's 27. Um, so you're looking at 30 years of, of being on this planet without marriage. You're also looking at the the age of pornography being right around ten. nine or ten. Yeah. Um, so you, with those numbers, it's 20 years. A lot of guys more frequently now females as well, but a lot of guys, their sex life is a computer screen um, and masturbation. It's, it's a very, so sex designed by God is a dualistic thing. It's between two individuals, a man and a woman. But for 20 years, previous to marriage, um, guys are sitting there making it a very individualistic thing. And so it's a very daunting task, what we're seeing um, guys entering marriage and now having to take into account the female, uh, her desires, her wishes. Um, and it's, it's something that's very, very tricky where uh, men kind of look at sex and it takes me three to five minutes, but now we're looking at a half hour to an hour to incorporate two individuals in this. And um, sadly, they can... Uh, they can take what is designed and what is beautiful um, and not be attracted to the real thing mm-hmm. because uh, the, the individualistic route is so much easier. Absolutely. And that can be a, an extremely difficult transition yeah. for so, a guy to make. Correct. So it's, it's not just pornography in marriage, although that is devastating, um, but it's all those years leading up to marriage um, that, that they're still only attracted to that individualistic sex. You know, when I've seen men with uh, a lack of libido, uh, almost all of them would still be looking at porn. Mm-hmm. So, and they would still be masturbating when they're looking at porn. And so the women are just beside themselves. Like I absolutely don't get this. Yep. And, but that's what it is. Yep. Uh, you know, he, this sounds really sick, but he had a relationship with porn way before the wife showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the more insidious aspects of porn use. Um, I just recently have seen a college student that got into porn real early in life, masturbated multiple times a day to pornography uh, virtually every day since he was almost entering middle school. And now he's in college. And he has erectile dysfunction. Which is crazy. But I do not think that would be uncommon. Mm-mm. So here's this 19, 20-year-old who's in college, which is just known to be for you know, sexual escapades, and he can't perform uh, for almost the exact same reason. Yeah. And I know one of these days we're going to do a whole thing. 
concentrating on pornography and all that. Correct, sort of but thing. it's but, it is devastating, even yeah. absolutely affecting this idea of libido. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's a problem. It's a problem across the board. Um, and it's a problem that in some way this mismatched libido uh, impacts almost all couples except for the, what are they, the chosen few? What are they called? The blessed few. The blessed few, uh, whose libidos just absolutely match. Well, it's uh, I think it's David Schnarch, but it might be another uh, researcher. Um he found that those that have the best sex are those that are actually married 50 years or longer, and they're called the blessed few. Um, and there's something to that idea. You know, you get to know each other. You get to know your likes and your dislikes. You have communicated all this time about sexual intercourse, and so you do find those individuals not only enjoying their sexual life a little bit better than most, but you also see their libidos lining yeah. up just because they have so much practice. Yeah, a couple of years ago... Um I had a couple, they were both 68, come in um, for some issue. And again, part of the part of the intake. So would you rate your sex on a scale of one to five? And and again, what is what's your frequency of intercourse? And they looked at each other and they said, well, I don't know, maybe once a day, maybe, probably. Once a day, whatever. <laughs> You're probably thinking once a month? Oh, absolutely. I was thinking they were going to go with once a month, and I was still going to go, wow, way to go, buddy. That's, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty proud of you. And then when they said once a day, I just, it was just like, drop the mic and walk, <laughs> and walk out of the room. I, you want to take notes from them? Yes, I wanted to say, listen, I know y'all are paying me, but if I could, just a few questions really quick. <laughs> Um, but yes, those would be the blessed few. Yeah. Uh, for all the rest of us, it tends to be uh, a point of contention. Now then, I want to leave us with a, with a couple of things um, in, in this regard. Uh, if you are in a relationship where these things are not matching up, uh, number in this, this I think is the number one. There are a host of reasons. Oh, by the way, we didn't even get into all the psychological reasons. Correct. Depression, as a child, anxiety. Depre- yep. Yeah. Yep. So th- th- add all those to the list of why someone would not have a very strong libido. But here's the thing. Here's sort of the rule. You may not want to have sex for a myriad of reasons, but your spouse has to see that you want to want to have sex. You may not want it, but they have to see that you want and this is true for guys as well so it's obvious that that girls um want to be desired that's kind of known and culturally accepted but guys want to be desired as well um it's 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 highly there's been several studies that that show that that suggest they kind of ask guys would you rather take wives or ladies that just give of themselves uh, just kind of out of uh, obligation or obligation, or would you like a, a female to actually desire and want the sexual intercourse? Mm-hmm. And well, without I, fail, men want to be desired as well. Oh, I had a guy in uh, not that long ago, and um, he was uh, he had had an affair with uh, uh, an escort, and was found out. And he started crying, and he says, "I know what I did was wrong." I know that it was absolutely wrong. And then his bottom lip started quivering. And he said, but do you know how good it felt that a woman, and I know she was acting, 
She was completely acting hmm. because I was giving her money, but she acted like she desired me. She wanted me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. That's powerful. You know, yeah. and there's no, that's not an excuse at all. Correct. But you understand, there's the power of, of guys so much more than ladies. Sex is, is how they feel loved by their wives. Yep. It's I, how they reach connection with yeah, them emotionally. Yeah. Absolutely. So you don't have to want it. And this is either side, man or female, male or female. Uh, you don't have to want to have sex, but they have to. You have to be able to show your spouse that you want to want it. I'm going to get help. I'm reading on it. You know, seeing my doctor, whatever. Because there are there are so many things now that can be helpful. You know, from from testosterone um, and testosterone even being used in women, uh, just very very small amounts. So there's all sorts of things that can be done now medically. Yeah, your spouse just wants you to see, and this is any area, not yeah. just sex, but that you're making effort. Yes, absolutely. We don't expect perfection, but you, we just want to see the other making effort. Oh, yeah. I know you don't want to have sex with me, but man, do you want to have sex sure. with me? How important that is. Number two, it is completely and absolutely selfish to demand that your spouse has sex according to your timetable. Uh, if you say you will either have sex with me a minimum of once a week or you don't love me, that is completely selfish uh, and unwarranted. And talk about killing your spouse's libido. If they even a teensy weensy about, uh, you know, amount wanted it, uh, as soon as you make it out, uh, throw down an ultimatum. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely. Swashes so it's it. completely selfish. Uh, to demand that they have sex on your timetable, whether it's once a week or once a month. It's completely selfish to Twithold, say yeah. you will only, I'll, you'll, we'll have sex once a month and live with it. And you know what? And this, a lot of, there's a wonderful TED talk. Uh, and it's about a book that's called The Sex Starved Marriage by Michelle Weiner. Hmm? I just wanted to let that hang there for a second. What, what was that? Uh, what the author of the sex starved marriage? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Michelle Weiner. Okay, Michelle Weiner. Uh, well, it's Weiner Davis, but that's less fun. There's no comedic effect to Weiner Davis, but By there's the way, little. There's a little. There's a I, little Weiner. I need to apologize it. to the females listening. That's inappropriate. So you wouldn't think twice if you picked up the sex starved marriage and there's Michelle Weiner Davis. That would not even cross your mind. <laughs> Of course it would. It, of course on. it would, but no, 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 hold on. I'm apologizing to our female audience, which needs okay. to be done. Perfect. Uh, just understand that the two of us, as well as your husband, if you were married... Would laugh at a wiener joke. Well, or, yeah, we're just bigger, taller, hairier 12-year-olds. So forgive us moving forward. Okay, I'll accept that. Mm -hmm. So in, it's a TED Talk, as well as a book called The Sex Starved Marriage, and... I urge everyone to go to YouTube and pull it up. Uh, the Sex Star of Marriage is 17 minutes long. Aren't all TED Talks 17 minutes? Something like that? Ish. Um, but by Michelle Weiner Davis. And she talks about this, whether it is we're going to have sex once a month, and you're gonna, it, not only are we going to have it when I say we're going to have it, but you can't have a problem with it. If you have a problem with that, you're using me for a piece of meat. And you don't love me. It's, it's, it goes back and forth. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so it's completely unfair anyway, whether it's you'll do it three times a week or once a month. 
to demand that your spouse conform to your timetable is just unfair and selfish. Well, marriages, and specifically since sex is a great microcosm of marriage, it's it's about the other person. You know, we're supposed to be serving and loving and putting our spouse first. Um, and so, I mean, the selfish point is the antithesis to that. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, it, it it it. I think it's natural uh, to 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 be selfish, obviously, um, in 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 our pride and our sin nature. I think it's natural to, in this area, push for our desires. Um, but it's certainly, if we're, if we're wanting to have a godly, Christ-centered marriage, uh, something that we need to work against. She brings up something else that is, that's very, very valid in this area of mismatched libidos. <clears throat> she said the, the arousal cycle has always been known to be uh, you have sexual desire, that leads to arousal, that leads to, inter- leads to intercourse, and then um, orgasm, and then you tone it down, and then you have desire, and that's, the, that's kind of this, the sexual cycle. Uh, but she says that further research is showing that that is not always the case, and it's not always the case a lot of times with ladies. It's not desire precedes arousal. In some people, arousal precedes desire. So her point is, and the point of that is, you don't have to really want to have sex as much as you just have to enter into this neutral. You don't have to be excited about it. Just don't be against it. Just don't it. be against it. Yeah. Because if, if you can just enter into this from a neutral frame of reference, then the, uh, the arousal will produce the desire. Uh, and she, you know, she makes the joke with a lot of these women in her practice, specifically women, but it could be guys as well. Um, she wants to say, guys, go get tattooed on your arm. Hey, I really do like sex. Because when it's over with or when they're in the midst of it, they're going, hey, I forgot. I really do kind of like this. Um, so don't be surprised if you don't exactly have the same desire as your spouse. Uh, try just letting yourself go. And see if the desire is not produced by the arousal. Sure, yeah, it's it's behavioral psychology. I mean, it's just participating in it. Desire comes with that. If all things being equal, and the relationship Correct. is heading in a good direction, yes. and there's no other serious problems, but if you just participate, you're tired. It's nine fifteen, and you should have been in bed an hour ago. If you have young children like me, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I need sex before eight thirty mm-hmm. in is the that, morning. Is that too? <laughs> PM, Jimbo, PM. PM. Got it. Yeah. Uh, But just, it doesn't matter, right? So let's say you're tired, but just giving of yourself, being neutral, uh, allowing yourself to participate, you do that often and enough, desire certainly does start to come forth. It is true that behavior precedes feelings so often that if you behave in a certain way, the feelings will follow. And everyone listening has not wanted to go to church, and then they went, and it was just wonderful, and it was a Jesus hug. So we've all experienced this idea of doing something we didn't, going to the gym. Don't want to do it, but then when I do it, man, am I glad. And so it it is straight out of B.F. Skinner uh, that behavior precedes feelings, and that happens in the area of sex as well. So to recap... 
You don't have to want to have sex. There's a ton of reasons why you wouldn't. But make sure your spouse understands that you want to want it. And it's selfish to demand that your spouse have sex on your timetable. We talk and negotiate and share a different opinions on a whole host of other family and relational issues, but not this one because of all the emotion that is attached to it. Jimbo, great show today. It was. Are you going to think about me and your mother now? No. I bet you do. Never. I bet you cannot go to sleep tonight without thinking about it. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. As I was doing some research, about the organization that you speak with. You know, I was reading through Proverbs 7, and it really talks more about evil women. So I was curious as to how your organization really came up with this Proverbs 7 woman. Well, it's the Proverbs 31 woman. Oh, it's 31. That woman. Well, that makes perfect sense then. Okay, I was, okay. Never mind. Hey, sorry about that. He has an awful dry sense of humor.